Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Yitro. Uh, and uh, I think we could say that uh, as we look at Parashat Yitro, uh, we could divide it up into uh, essentially three sections. Um, first, uh, that which uh, precedes Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah at Sinai, and uh, then the uh, giving of the Torah itself uh, and the aftermath uh, of that. We begin with Yitro himself. Yitro, uh, the father-in-law of uh, Moshe. Uh, the Torah says that Yitro uh, comes uh, to meet up with B'nai Yisrael, to meet up uh, first and foremost with his uh, famous son-in-law, Moshe. Uh, Yitro sends a message ahead that he's bringing Moshe's wife, Zipporah, uh, and their sons, Gershom and Eliezer. Moshe greets Yitro with a great deal of, uh, of respect and tells him all that has happened. And Yitro's reaction is one of joy, uh, he blesses Hashem, and it would seem he uh, accepts uh, Hashem's uh, uh, existence and reality um, uh, upon himself as well. And uh, afterwards, uh, they make a festive meal. Uh, next, uh, Yitro, uh, we are told about how Yitro advises Moshe in a very important uh, matter. Yitro observes how Moshe judges the people all day. And uh, just as a, a parenthetical uh, remark, um, we should realize that if Moshe is judging the people and judging them according to the laws of the Torah, then this event must have occurred uh, after the giving of the Torah at, uh, at Sinai. Uh, because otherwise, according to what group of laws would Moshe be uh, judging them? So uh, this is the uh, position of Rashi that uh, this whole uh, this episode actually took place much later uh, after the giving of the Torah and actually after Moshe uh, comes down from uh, Sinai uh, with the second set of Luchot. But Yitro observes how Moshe judges the people all day and uh, he notices that Moshe is doing this single-handedly and that the people are, uh, are waiting uh, throughout the whole day. And so Yitro gives advice. Uh, he essentially says that this task of judging the people should be uh, delegated, should be uh, decentralized. Uh, first, says Yitro, teach other people about the laws, uh, give them... Uh, give them the authority to make uh, decisions, and then appoint judges at different levels and take only the biggest cases for yourself. Moshe accepts most of uh, Yitro's advice. Uh, he does make one significant uh, difference. Um, he does accept the idea of who these judges should be, that they should be people of, of course, of knowledge, but also of good character, um, uh, people who are respected. But the the significant change that Moshe makes is instead of saying that he will take the biggest cases, the cases that involve, let's say, the largest amount of money, uh, instead he will take the most difficult cases. And in that sense, the, the question of how much money is at issue is not as important as the difficulty of it. 
of, of the case, difficulty of the laws involved. And uh, if all of the lower uh, courts are unable to solve the problem, then uh, it would uh, move up to Moshe himself. And uh, at the end of this section, uh, we are taught that Yitro returns to Midian. But once again, uh, this is not something that actually happens now. It's actually something that happens much later on. But since the Torah is talking about Yitro, it includes all of these important uh, laws and events uh, all together. But uh, what we see from this is even before the giving of the Torah uh, is recorded in the, in the Torah, it's important to remember uh, people like Yitro who of their own accord come to uh, accept the reality of, uh, of God. The next section of the parasha, larger section of the parasha, is, deals with the uh, revelation at Sinai, Ma'amad Har Sinai. Uh, first, uh, B'nai Yisrael actually make the journey to the area uh, of the wilderness called Sinai. They arrive on the first day of the third month. That's the month that we call Sivan. Uh, and uh, this leads us to uh, understand that the Torah will be given during the month of uh, of Sivan. Uh, we're aware of the holiday of Shavuot that takes place during uh, this time. And although the Torah doesn't say, say it explicitly that the Torah was given uh, at the time of Shavuot, uh, that is the uh, Masorah, that's the tradition that we have. But uh, the text does say here that they do arrive in the wilderness of Sinai on the first day of the, uh, of the third month, and they are facing the mountain. Moshe uh, in the next section, Moshe ascends and descends. First, Hashem says to Moshe, tell the people that there will be a kingdom of priests and a holy people. And this is very, very important that they realize what is going to be uh, their their mission. Uh, they are going to be uh, a, a people that will serve as an example of holiness for the rest of humanity. And Moshe tells this to the elders and the people's response to this is we will do all that Hashem has said. So this is the first stage of their uh, acceptance of everything God has said. And then Moshe returns to the top of the mountain and delivers the people's response to Hashem. Of course, Hashem knows it anyway, uh, but it is only proper protocol to bring the response, uh, even though uh, God knows the uh, what they have said. And then Hashem says further to Moshe uh, that the whole reason why uh, I, Hashem, am going to speak to you in the presence of the entire people is so that the people will will listen to you and believe you. They'll know that I am ta I have talked to you and I will continue to do so. And then tell them to prepare for revelation. This is a, a process that's going to take a few days. They have to clean themselves. They have to prepare themselves physically, spiritually. Uh, also warn the people about approaching the mountain. They are not permitted to approach uh, the mountain. And Moshe instructs the people uh, accordingly. We then proceed from there to the part of the uh, parasha that talks about the actual revelation, uh, Mamad Har Sinai. On the third day, the, uh, Hashem's presence uh, descends to uh, to the mountain. Uh, there is thunder, there is lightning, the sound of a shofar, uh, the mountain is quaking, and Moshe ascends into this, uh, into this noise and smoke uh, in order to 
uh, be very close to Hashem. And there Hashem says to Moshe, uh, go down again and warn them again, even though Moshe says, uh, but they're already warned, Hashem insists that he do that he does this. And uh, it's at this point uh, that Hashem speaks to B'nai Israel and tells them the Aseret Dibrot, uh, the Decalogue. I never like calling it the Ten Commandments, uh, as uh, as is kind of common in uh, in English, because they're never called the Ten Mitzvot, and Mitzvot is the word for commandments. Um, in the Torah, they're called Devarim, uh, and in the Chazal, they're called Dibrot, and both of those words mean statements, um, ten pronouncements, and each one of the pronouncements uh, may contain more than one mitzvah. You know that there are 613 mitzvot in the entire Torah. According to the Rambam, for example, within the Aseret HaDibrot, there are 14 mitzvot. But there are 10 pronouncements, and uh, there's much to be said about them, but very briefly, one thing that we notice is that five of them uh, are between man and God, and another five are between man and man. Um, and essentially, these 10 pronouncements uh, become the archetypes uh, for all the 613 mitzvot. And there are commentaries who have even uh, organized the 613 mitzvot of the Torah and show how they uh, belong uh, underneath uh, or as a subcategory under uh, the uh, Aseret HaDibot. Well, after they hear all of this, we learn of the people's reaction because they are, they've heard God's voice and uh, their initial reaction is one of fear. Uh, it, it is too much for us uh, to, to continue to hear God's uh, voice speaking to us. Um, so instead, uh, they, they say to Moshe, you speak to Hashem. Have Hashem tell you the mitzvot and uh, we will do, uh, we will do what uh, what Hashem has uh, said. No question about it. Uh, so that's uh, that's good that they're making the they are making the commitment. Uh, they just do not want to hear uh, Hashem's voice directly. It's too much. And Moshe says, "Don't be afraid. Um, Hashem has uh, brought you into this uh, so that you can uh, understand uh, why Hashem is." Uh, selected you and taken you out of Egypt. Uh, that's what this is all about. But nevertheless, the other mitzvot are not uh, said to B'nai Yisrael as directly from God, but rather uh, they're said to Moshe, and then Moshe conveys them to B'nai Yisrael. At the end of the parasha, we even have some additional mitzvot, uh, which we'll talk about in, in greater detail in a moment. Uh, one of them says, do not make gods of gold and silver, which is, in a sense, an elaboration of uh, the mitzvah that is in the Aseret HaDibrot uh, itself. Uh, and uh, if you make an altar, then the altar must be made of earth, um, or if you make it of stones, they have to be made from whole, undressed, unhewn stones. And do not use stairs uh, to go up to an altar. Instead, uh, go up uh, a ramp. And that's the end of uh, this uh, parasha. Uh, after the Aseret HaDibrot, uh, we continue with other mitzvot. And uh, as we go on, we'll learn more and more uh, mitzvot in the uh, in the parashiot to come. Now, uh, towards the end of the parasha, um, 
God tells Moshe to say to Bnei Yisrael, you yourselves have seen that I spoke to you. Okay? You experienced that. Um, and therefore, uh, do not make uh, any gods of gold and silver. Don't make any... Uh, uh, and, and the apparent connection is uh, that uh, you've seen that you've heard God's voice, but you didn't see any uh, physical image. Uh, then God goes on to say, if you make an altar, make an altar of earth, uh, use it for sacrificing your various types of sacrifices. Um, and then, uh, and this is a key phrase to, uh, to, to what I'm about to, uh, to discuss, in every place where I cause my name to be mentioned, I will come to you and bless you. And he concludes and says that if you do make an altar stones, don't make it hewn stones. Um, don't descend the altar by steps, uh, etc. Et uh, let's look at the uh, the insight of uh, Ravavadia Soforno, fifteenth uh, century uh, Italy. Uh, on the words, you yourselves have seen uh, that I spoke to you from the heavens. So the Soforno. Uh, adds, you've you've had the experience of seeing God enthroned uh, on on high, and that God knows what goes on down below. That's an important point that God is aware of what goes on here in Earth. Now, since you've experienced with your own senses uh, that uh, that God's presence is the, is there, and that He uh, looks down upon uh, upon the Earth. Therefore, you don't need any intermediaries, right? The the idea of uh, making gods of silver and gold would uh, would be an attempt to create an intermediary between God and man. But you've seen that you've experienced the, the word of God, the, the the prophecy of God directly. Therefore, you don't need to create. They don't. There is no need for intermediaries in order to come close to God, um, and therefore you don't have to make any of uh, gold and silver. Uh, and uh, Sephora goes on to say, in reality, you don't even need to make a temple. Um, all you need to do is build an altar in order to offer sacrifices. Um, and uh, Sephora goes on to say, uh, Every place where I will mention my name, I will come to you and bless you. For the Sephorno, this is very critical. He says, um, if I have selected to make a place, a place of holiness, a place of communion between myself uh, and uh, and you, uh, then uh, you don't need to employ artificial means, uh, silver, gold, or even temples uh, in order to, uh, to bring my uh, my beloved, my benevolent providence, my uh, interaction with you. I can come to you anywhere and bless you. Uh, all you have to do is mention my name in prayer. Uh, so this is uh, critical to the Sephorno's uh, perspective. As far as he's concerned, um, before the sin of the golden calf, uh, which hasn't happened yet, um, God says that you don't need a temple. You don't need a mishkan, a tabernacle. Uh Something very, very simple uh, would be enough. Decide that uh, you're going, there's going to be a place of communion with Hashem. Build an altar, if you like, uh, in order to offer sacrifices. 
But that's all. Uh, and you don't have to you know, make them fancy with dressed stones in order to make them uh, more impressive. Um, uh, that's all that's necessary. And, that, and the, 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 uh, the Sephardim will actually go, go on to say uh, later on that the only need for the, uh, for the Mishkan, for the tabernacle, is after the golden calf, which, where they've shown that they're not ready for this very, very high level that God is uh, positing here, uh, that it would be possible to, uh, to come close to God uh, with something just very simple, uh, like prayer and uh, and then a simple earthen altar. They're not ready for that. And that's why in order to bring them closer to that ultimate way of serving Hashem, uh, he says uh, to b- build a uh, mishkan, uh, at the tabernacle at that time. Counterbalancing what he's uh, said here, that, uh, that the altar need only be very, very simple, uh, but by the same token, uh, don't be too uh, casual in your uh, worship of Hashem. Uh, don't, I, I may not ba- ask you to undertake anything very sp- uh, spectacular architecturally, uh, but nevertheless, if you do uh, build an altar, uh, you must treat it uh, respectfully. Uh, and that means you must go up it on a, on a ramp uh, because using stairs would inevitably lead to uh, exposure of uh, uh, of the parts of the body, uh, so you have to realize: yes, simple, uh, humble, uh, but uh, not disrespectful. You have to be s- uh, sensitive at the, one and the same time uh, when you approach the top of this altar, even if it's a simple altar, uh, to keep it uh, respectful uh, of God's presence. That is the uh, way that the Sephardim understands the last part of the. I thank you very much for joining me for this uh, exploration of Parashat uh, Yitro. Uh, This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights saying Shalom.